as one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. And to the republic for which it stands. The Democratic National Committee is located in the Watergate office building. The burglars forced a stairwell door, then taped its latch open. Well, I'm not a crook. I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. One nation under God. This is as close as we can get to the base of the World Trade Center. And you can see the two towers, a huge explosion now raining debris on all of us. We better get out of the way. Good Lord, there are no words. Indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Title IX, the landmark civil rights law. It marked a watershed moment for women's rights when it passed in 1972. And the Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade. Legal Anatomy of Current Events, preparing for launch. Legal Anatomy of Current Events, launch sequence started. D-16, IU green to go, propellants pressurized. T-minus 15, legal anatomy of current events. SC ready and green to go. T-minus 14, FOS ready, green to go. T-minus 12, S1C fuel tank pressurized. T-minus 11, SC green to go. Legal anatomy of current events, green to go. T-minus 10, internal power, green to go. LES ready for ignition. T-minus 9, 8, 7, we have ignition. Five, four, commit for launch. Green, three, two, one. We have liftoff. Repeat, we have liftoff. Legal anatomy of current events, all for you. Now on the air, target locked. Good morning, America. Welcome. Gary Bell with Legal Anatomy of Current Events. Brad Pollock's not here today. We've got a great show for you. So your toaster catches on fire, so what? What about that legally? What's the legal breakdown of that? And how does that relevant to you? And how does that affect you and your home and your life every day? Tell you what, do you have a top load washing machine? Is it made by Samsung? You might want to listen to today's show. I mean, you really, really might. You have freestanding, big, smart televisions and stands in your house somewhere. You might want to listen to today's show. How about... How about a sleeper, a play sleeper? It's called a rock and play sleeper for babies. Any small infants in the house, you know about maybe a grand, grandchild, maybe a child, a play, rock and play sleeper. That's what we're going to be covering today. It's products. It's products in your house and what happens to them if they're defective. And what should you do about it? And what do you really, really, really need to know about this subject? And how does it affect you? And how can you help yourself? You ever heard of a Generac portable generator? What about that? A Generac portable generator. Ever seen them advertised on TV? How about rocking sleepers made by kids too? Kids, K-I-D-S too, right? There's a recall on those. And then I just mentioned Generac portable uh, generators. How about products from Amazon? One's called a basic desk chair. Any hazard there? Like I said at the beginning, what happens if your toaster catches on fire? What are you going to do? I'm going to teach you today what you need to know, exactly what you're going to do. This is, this is going to be very helpful for you. And, and anybody ever bought a paddleboard? What do all these things have in common? Come on. What do they have in common? Think. 
defective products. Think things you don't want around your house. You know, early on in our podcast, we covered lithium batteries and certain kinds of lithium batteries, right? And what you needed to know and how you stored them and how you did not store them and how you could report them and what the problem was when you ordered them on Amazon and the lawsuits surrounding the lithium batteries. Well, we're not doing another lithium battery show, but we're doing a show on defective products, right? And so you talk about what happens in this country with defective products. We're going to think about, we're going to learn about today, the United States Product Safety Commission. It was, it was instituted under the Consumer Product Safety Act. It's a bunch of legalese, legal stuff, statutes, all that kind of stuff. What does that mean for you? It means if you have a defective product, uh, any kind of a defective product, you're going to follow the right procedures. You're going to know what to do. You're going to know how to protect yourself when I'm done with you today. So as we used to say in the military, listen up. Here we go. Right. My neighbor down the street, you know, I don't live in the most expensive neighborhood in Denver, but nice, nice place. My neighborhood down the street, I came home one night in the winter night and there must be over 10, maybe over 12 fire engines out there. And you can't get into the streets. You can't do anything. So I'm talking to one of them. And he said he had a, uh, a battery in his e-bike and it caught on fire and burned his whole house down. Ordinary good folks. Right. So you're going to follow what I tell you today. First, you learn about the Consumer Product Safety Act. That was passed in 1972. What did that do? That formed the Consumer Product Safety Commission. This is not just some ordinary safety commission. It's just not some ordinary federal agency. I mean, everybody's heard about the FDA, Food and Drug Administration. Everybody knows that. And, we, and they, now they're dealing with abortion pills. And we got, a, we got a show coming up next week on abortion pills, and we'll cover that. But these are very powerful agencies. And so what does the Consumer Product Safety Commission do for you? You know, and they have subdivisions, subdivisions. When I was preparing for this show, it's just kind of amazing to me. I almost thought I was back in the military uh, reading some of these names. You know, one of the names of their subdivisions, their committees, whatever word you want to call it, is called the Office of Hazard Identification and Reduction. Wow. The Office of Hazard Identification and Reduction, right? And what do they do? Well, they identified hazardous products that are in your house maybe, and I hope they're not, but maybe they are. And if you have defective products, there's a place you can go. Another one of their subdivisions or committees or departments, however you want to describe it, is called the Office of Compliance and Field Operations. Office of Compliance and Field Operations. That's a pretty fancy name. So you've got the Office of Hazard Identification and Reduction. And I think by reduction means they're going to get rid of it. They're going to change it. They're going to mitigate it in order to help you. And then we've got the Office of Compliance and Field Operations. This, this commission, the Consumer Product Safety Commission, is so powerful they usually get voluntary compliance out of their customers because the fines that they can levy are enormous. I mean, they've, they've levied a fine one time that almost approximated $30 million. Think about that. Millions of dollars. So when they come knocking on your door, you know, it's like that old adage used to be the worst thing that could ever happen to you was to come to work on Monday morning and 60 minutes is in your reception room, Right. When the Consumer Product Safety Commission comes knocking on your door, they're there for a reason. And they want voluntary compliance. And it's going to cost somebody a lot of money. And they're legally authorized to do it. This is the Legal Anatomy of Current Events show. 
We have, we have products that I just named for you and to you at the top of the show. Products that are in the news today, right? Paddle boards, top-loading washing machines, generators. So how do you do this? They come knocking on somebody's door and they say to the company, here's a problem. You've got a hazardous product. And guess what? What's the one word they never want to hear from the Consumer Product Safety Commission? What's the one word? Recall. You're going to have to recall this product. And do you know how much money that costs? And they're going to have to identify it. And they're going to have to contact the people that bought the product. And they're going to have to fix the product. Or what? They're going to get fined. Or what? They're going to get sued. All right? So certain products are not subject to the Consumer Product Safety Commission. Certain of them, of them aren't. Like automobiles, cars, right? They, they come under the Highway Tra- Traffic Safety Administration. So you have to know which product you're talking about. But most products come under the Consumer Product Safety Commission. Food and Drug Administration, FDA, deals with that, food and drugs. And now they're dealing with the abortion pill, which I said we're going we're gonna to do a show on that next week. But think about recalls. Think about relabeling. Think about warnings. You know, as a side, I'll tell you, you're listening to Legal Anatomy of Current Events. We're lawyers. We're out of Denver, Colorado. We're glad to do this national show for you to bring you up to date on current events and to give you the legal breakdown. We like to call it anatomizing your mind. You know, we break it down to its legal anatomy, and we anatomize your mind. So listen to this. When you, you hear about mass torts all the time, and I'm going to come back to the subject in a second, mass torts. Well, what's a mass tort? We did a show on mass torts. You know, have a defective product, maybe Roundup, maybe Johnson & Johnson baby talcum powder causing cancer. But they have warnings on these products. There you go. Key into that. They have warnings on Johnson & Johnson. They have warnings on Roundup. They have warnings on Juul e-cigarettes for teens. They have warnings. But all of the mass torts cases, you hear about them all the time. And the ones I just told you about, I'm not going to repeat them. All the mass tort cases revolve around the failure to warn of legitimate risks. So I want you to think about this. You're a manufacturer of a product. Here comes the Consumer Product Safety Commission, and here come the lawyers, the mass tort lawyers, that said you didn't warn that if you used Roundup, you would get non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer. You didn't warn that there was a connection. You didn't provide that in your warning. So they make them change their warning, Right. And the lawyers call it a black box warning. Think about a package of cigarettes. The lawyers call it a black box warning. You know that little black line box? You know, the Surgeon General has determined that smoking while you're pregnant will be dangerous or could be dangerous, et cetera, et cetera. That's a black box warning. Warning. When they have a product on the market for years and it's injuring somebody and killing people, and then the, then the FTC or the Consumer Product Safety Commission or the FDA comes in and says, you're going to have to change your warning. And they change the warning. Do you think, do you think those lawyers seize on that as, a, as evidence and admission that they didn't give the right warning to begin with? Yes, absolutely. They look at that. When, so when companies have to change their warning on their product and the Consumer Product Safety Commission can go after it, that's what we're talking about today. Remember the, remember the title of our show, so your toaster burned up, so what? So your toaster caught on fire, so what? Well, I'll tell you, so what? You're going to report it to the Consumer Product Safety Commission. So we're talking about warnings here. We're talking about um, private causes of action. So the Consumer Product Safety Commission will take action, but they can't file a, a, a lawsuit if somebody was injured or they lost your property damage, like my neighbor's house burned down from an e-bike. 
You have to take your own private cause of action. You have to file your own private claim. You have to make your own private claim, and you have to file your own private lawsuit for compensation. And maybe it's damages, injuries, and losses. The Consumer Product Safety Commission is not going to do that for you. Listen, this commission that we're talking about today, they have authority over the manufacture and sale of more than 15,000 different consumer products. And I, and I got to believe it's higher than that. I mean, they, they monitor cribs, baby cribs, sleepers. I just gave you the name of a couple of sleepers at the top of the show. You put your baby in a sleeper. Come on. And they also have jurisdiction over all-terrain vehicles, generators, emerging technology, trends. And as I said earlier, the car, cars fall under a different, um, different category. You know, they have what we call a legal iron fist. Since February of 2015... The average civil penalty imposed by the Consumer Product Safety Commission has been a staggering $2.9 million. The average. So, it's like 60 minutes showing up at your door, you don't want to mess with them. So, if you're a company, you don't want to mess with them. But let me tell you where this works for you. Let me tell you how, what parts you can do. This is where the show gets a little interactive and proactive on your part. If you have a product, don't just throw it away. Don't get rid of it. Report it. Because, because if you don't report it, maybe you've got a pressure cooker. Maybe you've got a toaster. Maybe you've got a top-loading washing machine. Maybe you've got a generator. And you say, man, that thing won't work. It was sparking. It was catching on fire. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I guess I'll get rid of it. If you don't report it to the Consumer Product Safety Commission, and you can, you go to a place called saferproducts.gov, safer, S-A-F-E-R, products.gov, you can report it. Why is that important? Because the next person, you might be in Arizona, the next person in Pennsylvania that uses the same, the same product and it catches their house on fire or injures somebody or kills somebody, you know when they file a claim with a company about that injury and about that death, you know what the companies usually say? Come on, help me out. What do these companies usually say? Well, we didn't, they say, we didn't know that. Nobody told us. Nobody told us. We had no notice there was a problem. But you know what? If you, you're living in California right now, you're living in Utah, you're living in Maine, if you report the product on the Consumer Product Safety Commission's website, they have notice. They can't tell the next person they didn't know. And by the way, that's not even getting into, you know, when Brad, Brad Pollack and I, uh, my law partner, when we did our uh, podcast on mass torts, we told you that many, many times one of, the, one of the treasure trove of documents and evidence is found in the company's own documents where they say they knew, where they say they know, but sometimes, you know, and, it, and it's sort of like the, it's sort of like the uh, Dominion versus Fox case. They have all these emails and we covered that in an, uh, another podcast too, to break that down legally for you as well. But they always say we didn't know. But when you file a complaint with the Consumer Product Safety Commission under that same website, saferproducts.gov, I encourage you to do it. Saferproducts.gov. They've got notice and they can't deny it. Because sometimes you can't get all their documents. They won't turn them over to you. Sometimes they get destroyed or they get hidden or stored and all these documents. But, but, but they've been found sometimes. And when they're found, they're astounding. Some of, the, some of the, the documents would just knock you off your chair. For example, like this. Company XYZ says, you know, we're manufacturing this product. I think we should stop. One executive to another, I think we should stop. We're killing people. We're, we, I think we should stop. We're causing cancer in people. We're receiving all kinds of complaints about this. Well, that's pretty good knowledge. That's pretty good notice. But most of the time, you don't hit that home run. You don't get that legal home run. 
you get you maybe a legal single, right? And they give you some documents, but not all the documents. But they can't get around this one. If you report this to saferproducts.gov, you're going to be ahead. You're going to help somebody else in another state, your state, your city, Florida. Somebody in Florida might be helping somebody in Oregon. So that's what we want you to do. That's what we want you to be tuned into. It, like an exploding toaster. The other thing I want to teach you right now. Well, before I do that, I want to remind you, at the end of the show, uh, you're listening to Legal Anatomy of Current Events. It's our national show on current events. We break down for you the legal analysis and give you the legal analysis of current events. Next week, we're going to be doing a show on the abortion pill. And that's an explosive topic, but we're going to break it down for you so you understand it. And we give you the information that you need. We educate you, and you can make up your own mind of how you think about it and how you see it. Because we're not a political show. We're a legal show. We're not a, we don't have a biased platform. And we cover explosive topics, but we're just giving you the legal breakdown, right? We just want you to have uh, the legal breakdown. So many, many times uh, you have a defect in a product, maybe an exploding toaster. What I was going to say a minute ago is I want to teach you this right now. So since our show is named, so your toaster caught on fire, so what? Well, if it does, you're going to report it, right? To who? Who? The Consumer Product Safety Commission. Where? At saferproducts.gov. S-A-F-E-R products.gov. Now, you have a toaster that caught on fire. We don't wish this on you, but let's assume it did. Or a defective product. Or you got the generator. So you write the manufacturer. And you say, dear Mr. and Mrs. Manufacturer, I bought your product, XYZ, and it caught on fire. Or it doesn't work. Or it started sparking. Or it fell off. It fell over. Like TV, big TV, big screen TVs. They fall over and break on your head. And we were reporting this to you, the company. What do you think is going to happen? Come on, we got a little quiz today. What do you think is going to happen? Well, here come the lawyers for the company, but you're never going to see them. They're going to be behind the scenes. They're going to be directing and navigating the boat, but you're never going to see them driving the boat. So what you're going to get from the company is maybe some communication, maybe a phone call, but probably a letter and a phone call that says, we're so sorry this happened to you. Um, what happened? Could you describe it for us? They're trying to get all this information from you up front. But what are they really after? Well, they're after the information for sure, but what are they really after? What do they really want from you? They want the toaster. They want the product. Because if you don't have the toaster, and if you don't have the product, you can't have it later analyzed. Maybe the toaster burned your house down. I hope it didn't. Maybe it did. And you give up the toaster, and now they got the toaster. You can't have an engineer or other experts look at it. You can't have any opinion on it shorted out and it should have never shorted out. You can't have an opinion on it was designed in a bad way. You can't have an opinion it was manufactured improperly because you gave it up. You send it back to the company. They might even say to you, say, I tell you what, where do you live with somebody, somebody come by and look at the toaster, get the toaster from you, we'll take it. We'll analyze it, and what? We'll get back to you. Is that making you feel real good? You, you got a real good, comfortable feeling about this? We'll get back to you. So, and by the way, you don't really need to report this to anybody. You can just work with us one-on-one. -on -one. And if you don't think those company lawyers aren't navigating this maze, you're wrong. And if you don't think they're operating behind the scenes, you're wrong. They want the product. Do not give up the product. I mean, tell me right now. Please tell me right now. Raise your right hand. I solemnly swear and affirm to you, Gary and Brad of Legal Anatomy of Current Events, I will not give up the product. I will hold on to the product. 
All right, we good? You're going to hold on to the product. Okay, so if you got these problems, you can report them. I've told you before, you should report them. It gives them mandatory notice. You can also call the Consumer Product Safety Commission. I want you to know you can go online. You can also call them. Their number is 1-800-638-2772. That's 1-800-638-2772. So they deal with warnings. They deal with defective products. They have an iron fist. They're not just some kind of government agency over there that nobody pays attention to. When they show up, somebody pays attention. And that's why they are very successful in getting, listen to this very carefully, they're very successful in getting voluntary compliance from companies. And they even sit down and write a plan for the company to follow, to recall thousands or hundreds or more than that products and to notify the consumers. And so when you get that little innocuous card in the mail that says, Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Dearest Consumer that lives on, you know, 43-whatever Street, Ivy Street in Maine, Ocean Street in Florida. When you get that card, you better pay attention to it because it's warning you. And they use that as a defense against you because they say they then notified you and you never took any action. And so the whole thing is your fault. Are you guys listening to me? I mean, this is so important. So they get the notice. They have to recall these products. They may have to change their warning, their black box warning, and then they look for a way to blame you because then they say, we, the company, told you, Miss John, Jane Doe, and you, Mr. John Doe, we told you. You didn't do anything about it, and then it caught on fire, then it burned your house down. And if you just would have listened to us, so you must be asking yourself the question, how did I get become responsible for this, their malfeasance and defective product? And I just explained it to you. You know, by the way, you can contact us anytime. Any, uh, can't talk, contact us anytime at info at legalanatomy.net. That's info at legalanatomy.net. We're glad to interact with you. We'll be glad to, um, to answer your questions. If you have a suggested topic, we'll be glad to listen to that as well. So what have we learned today? All right. You got defective products out there, and I named a bunch of them for you, and there's more than that. They hurt people. They kill people. They cause disaster sometimes. I think when your house burns down totally, that's a disaster, right? Even if your garage burned down, that's a disaster. If you caught it in time, you got black smoke, black walls, smells bad, fire, smoke. So you report it. I gave you where to report it. Saferproducts.gov. I told you about mass torts. I told you about warnings. They have to give warnings. Sometimes they have to modify their warning, which hurts them legally. Because we warned you, that we, the company, warned you about ABC, but we didn't warn you about DEF. But now we have to change our warning to warn you about DEF. You with me? I know you are. And the Consumer Product Safety Commission can fine us. So I think, I think we kind of, as a company, want to enter into a voluntary agreement, a voluntary resolution with the Consumer Product Safety Commission and kind of get on their side, have them on our side. And hope nobody calls in a defective product because that gives us notice, right? Gives us notice. So, I mean, this is all very, all very important. There's also something else I want to teach you today. There is a provision. Have you ever heard of the National Electronic Injury Surveillance System? I, you know, with my mili- going back to my military background, that sounds like another, some kind of evil agency. The National Electronic Injury Surveillance System. Okay, you're going to be surprised. This National Electronic Injury Surveillance System collects data from a sampling of probably over 100 hospitals in the United States of America 
that have 24-hour emergency rooms, and this data is looked at, and the injuries are analyzed. Oh, I see. If you get injured from your toaster that caught on fire, and you have to go to the emergency room, there's the National Electronic Injury Surveillance System where things have to be reported. Pretty cool, huh? I just hope it's not you that's going to the emergency room. And the, and the Consumer Product Safety Commission monitors trends in these product-related injuries, product-related injuries, but just remember, they can't recover money for you if you've been injured. That's a private cause of action, a private claim for relief, right? Also, the Federal Hazardous Substances Act requires warnings. So you've got cross-jurisdictional statutes, overlapping statutes. My point to you Today on Legal Anatomy of Current Events, you get a defective product, you have things you got to do, don't give up the product, don't ever give up the product, keep the product, put it somewhere, store it somewhere, you're going to need it later, because once you give up the evidence, it's gone, it's goodbye, and they're taught to be real nice to you, tell you what, we'll pay you $500 for your trouble, I'll send a company representative over, we'll pick up your toaster, we'll give you a brand new toaster, wow, plus maybe $500, wow, you see what I'm saying? So, we've, we've, we've learned a lot today, and as usual, uh, you can contact us at info at legalanatomy.net anytime, info at legalanatomy.net. All right, we're going to get to the f- uh, fun part of the show. We're going to cover our idioms today, American idioms. Brad Pollock's not here, uh, and I'll cover them with you, and we're going to cover our quote of the day. I, I tell you what, I ran across some incredible idioms, incredible, but I was looking at them, and I was thinking, that's, pr- that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So let me give you one. And I had to think about this a minute. When somebody says to you something like, that's a dime a dozen, they're a dime a dozen. What does that mean? A dime a dozen. Come on. They're a dime a dozen. Well, that means there's a lot of them. They're not worth much. Just worth a dime. That was a pretty cool one. And that came from England and America, both, right? And then the quote of the day today uh, from, comes from Carlos Castaneda. And this is, this is pretty cool also. This one caught my eye. Here's the quote. The trick is in what one emphasizes. Let me, let me repeat that. The trick is in what one emphasizes. We either make ourselves miserable or we make ourselves happy, and the amount of the work we put in for each is the same. So you can work like, you can work like hell to make yourself miserable, or you can work like hell to make yourself happy, and the, the amount of the work is the same. So today, dime a dozen... And the trick is what one emphasizes for where you're headed. You're listening to Legal Anatomy of Current Events. I'm Gary Bell, along with Brad Pollack. Our law firm is Bell and Pollack. We're out of Denver, Colorado. We instituted this show to give you a legal breakdown on current events in our country so you'll have the information to make up your own mind about all these current events. We've got a show coming up on abortion pills. And also, sometimes... When we do a show, we have to update the show, so we call that sidebar, update, and review. Sidebar, update, and review, because we're going to give you the legal analysis of further developments in what we cover in our podcast. You can reach us, info at legalanatomy.net. Gary Bell, Brad Pollock. Our law firm is Bell & Pollock. We're glad to do the show, and we will see you next week.